Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron. And we have so much to talk about with this Bachelor in Paradise two-part finale situation. You guys, they left so much out of the reunion. Lucky for you, I have answers in the form of someone I know was there. And we had an Us Weekly reporter doing interviews in LA the day after. They had an event the day after the taping and we spoke to almost everyone. And I have Michael A and Danielle and Brandon and Serene interviews coming at the end of this episode. I was able to talk to them on Zoom. Brandon and Serene, I spoke to on Tuesday. So I don't think they had fully seen the episode yet, which you'll kind of understand when I asked them about some of the drama that went down. Victoria and Greg, still shaking. And Michael A and Danielle, I caught up with today. Um, those interviews are great. I got about nine minutes, eight, nine minutes each with them. You'll hear them at the end. But I want to break down some of what went down on stage and off stage first. And I'm going to read you guys some of the stuff that is on usmagazine.com. If you want to read the interviews to yourself, we did a lot of coverage finale night and the day after, and it will still be rolling out through the holiday weekend. So I want to just jump right in and I'm going to go kind of in chronological order, but also not, um, you know, me, I'm always all over the place. I just think first of all, I actually really enjoyed Tuesday's part two, where they did segments, like, let's see what happened on the beach. And now let's talk about it. I feel like they should have done that with both nights instead of that 20 minute long recap with Wells, you know, telling us what happened on the show, which we, by the way, know because we sat through it. Um, and I think Wells is great. And I understand they were trying to lean into like the comedy of the show, but I, I think some of it fell flat this year, but you know, whatever. I, I thought that it was smart when they would have them kind of come out and then be like, let's relive what happened. And now let's bring you out. Now let's bring out your partner who you are, aren't with. I liked that format. However, we just did all the recaps the day before. So we didn't need them again. If they and also, there was so much cut out that if they did it with every couple or the majority of the big couples, we could have done the recap and then the interview and then just done half in like Monday and half on Tuesday. Obviously, Mondays would have been a little lackluster because these couples had lower stakes, but there still was so many unanswered questions about 
Justin, Eliza, and Rodney. So many unanswered questions about Brittany and Tyler. I could have watched Greg and Victoria for a lot longer than they showed them on stage. And I'm pretty sure they interviewed them for longer. So I just, I feel like with what they pick and choose to air will always blow my mind, but that's why we're here to break it down, see what's been said on social. And like I said, um, I do have some, some stuff from what happened on stage and the next day when we interviewed these people. Um, Let's start with Jill and Jacob because that's a quick and easy one. Super cute. Um, I low key am into Jill and Jacob. I they kind of give me JPJ and Tasha vibes, so I don't think it's necessarily love, but it's fun, right? And I think they clearly were talking leading up to the reunion. I remember when I spoke to Jacob not that long ago on this podcast, he did say um, he kind of regrets cutting things off with Jill and that he would be open. So it didn't surprise me, but I thought it was sweet. A nice light moment amongst it all. We talked to Jacob the Saturday after the taping. This taped, by the way, November 4th, the reunion. And then November 5th, they did like this Bachelor Tastemakers event and everything has been under embargo um, until now. So Jacob said that he's really excited to see where things could go with Jill. She really gets me and it's really fun to have a connection with someone like that in paradise. Even if it wasn't the awe-inspiring moment where it was love at first sight, like Brandon and Serene. To me, love is, it's a back and forth type of thing. So you don't know if you have it or not in the moment, but you say to yourself, oh, is this my soulmate? Oh my God. I don't know. You have doubts. But later on, we just started talking. We talked on the phone every other day outside of paradise. It was just really fun. And again, we said to ourselves, no pressure, but we're open to having a relationship. Jill said the same thing. They're waiting to see. They have to explore. We have to have more conversations, go on dates, spend quality time together. But so far, things are good. And she's excited to get to know Jacob on a deeper level. I mean, why would we root against that? Happy for them. So Kira and Romeo will also give them, I guess, a little moment. They are also dating, apparently. I had heard they weren't dating. Now, apparently, they are. Um, You know, I will say I asked everyone or I had my reporter ask everyone at the event on the the Saturday after the reunion, which couple will be the first to get married. And everyone said Brandon and Serene, some throughout hoping Michael A and Danielle follow. Obviously nothing shocking. But we also asked what was most shocking split and whatever. But Hunter came out with a nice shady answer when asked who will be the next to get married. She said, well, we know it's not going to be Romeo and Kira. And when asked why, she said, I think they're honestly doing it for clout and just trying to capitalize on the fact that they were on Paradise. So that's what Hunter said, not me. Um, if you ask Kira and Romeo what's going down, they told us that they have gone on some dates. Um, and Kira said, any long distance relationship can be difficult. I won't say it has been smooth sailing, but we've managed to work through everything so far. And that's the th great thing. Romeo noted he just got an apartment in New York and Kira lives in LA. So they're going to be by coastal. Kira pointed out there's a lot of flights between LA and New York and we'll see how the relationship progresses. And maybe in a while we'll make the move. We'll see. Time will tell with those two, obviously. Moving on, we had... Eliza, Rodney, and Justin. So actually, before we do that, let's talk about Shanae, Kate, and Logan. I thought it was interesting that Shanae still got her moment with Logan to talk about it just because there wasn't many kind of side relationships or relationships that didn't leave the beach or like come from that finale where they decided whether they were going to date or not that got any attention. Shanae was obviously a big part of the season. And I know Shanae and Genevieve did do their own sit down that didn't air. They spoke a little bit at the top of the reunion about the show overall. So they got a lot of reunion screen time. But the fact that the only thing that they aired of Shanae is this Logan conversation. I think that's kind of bizarre um, because her relationship with Logan I wouldn't say was, you know, that big of a deal. Um, but we asked Kate about, we asked Kate and Logan about the situation because listen, 
I've said it on this podcast for the last couple of weeks. I don't think Kate looks great on this show. I don't know her in real life. I'm sure some of it is, you know, editing. She did tweet apologizing and that she was embarrassed watching it, but also like she said what she said. And I don't think they could make up that she said it. Maybe they aired, but she, her comments more than once, or it's because they kept like kind of bringing it back up, but she said what she said and she came off shallow and I felt bad for Logan. And as a lot of people said on Twitter, she did the impossible. She like made us team Logan, um, who didn't have a good edit on Gabby and Rachel's season. And I felt bad for him. Um, we asked him about what it was like to kind of see Kate say those things about his car and Equinox and his finances. And he told us he was in complete shock um, when he watched it back. He said, this was someone who I thought cared for me and who I thought we had gone through this long, difficult journey with. And I couldn't believe that that's what she had been said. She that, That's what was being said behind closed doors to other people. I had my moment to express that frustration at the reunion. And I let her know I'm proud of who I am. And my friends are proud of who I am and my family. And after I got that out, it's behind me. I want her to move forward. I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's a good person. I think it was a very ugly moment, but I hope that's not who she is. And I think we can both move forward and be people we're proud of. He added that he's putting himself back out there to find someone who matches his personality well. Shout out Logan, taking the high road on the stage and the high road in his post show interviews. Didn't have to be being a little cheeky on Instagram, poking fun of the comments about his car. Really impressed. Don't die for clean shaven Logan or the turtleneck but I know he was trying to be serious and overall respect Logan more than I ever thought I would. Kate for her part told her she doesn't know if a door is ever fully closed, but just doesn't think her and Logan are a match. And she said, let me set the record straight and be real. I don't care about what car you drive or the gym you go to. I care about you being driven and ambitious and showing up for me. Well, she probably should have said that then instead of you can't afford Equinox. I'm just saying. That's all this was. I am sorry, but I'm not sorry for wanting more from a partner. I'm so established in my life. I've built something really special and I need someone who can meet me there and we can grow together. Again, should have said it like that. Not how she said it, but those two not seeing a future there. Safe to say. Okay. Eliza, Rodney, and Justin. Now, apparently a lot more was said that didn't air between Eliza, Rodney, and Justin. And starting with just Eliza on the stage, you know, she was clearly emotional. I feel as though she watched the show, saw from her own eyes how into Rodney she was, how much everybody loved Rodney, how cute they were for that split second, and obviously had instant regret. Because it doesn't really make sense that she was so emotional about what happened with Justin and missing him and following him to Baltimore to then all of a sudden say it's always been Rodney. It should have always been Rodney, which is what she said in her post show interviews. Now, Justin, who didn't get to say a word at the reunion based on what aired, did speak to Eliza at the reunion. And he said that he had no idea she was in a relationship with Rodney when he came down. And he said he had made it clear before that he would only stay on the beach to meet Eliza before he left. He gave this very confusing thing about how they met up in L.A., um, and then he did give us a little bit more information when we spoke to him after the show. So this is on the record. I can read this after things ended with Rodney on the beach, Eliza traveled to see Justin. He said he wasn't interested in pursuing things, which is what we saw on the TV. Obviously he told us this is Justin. After she came to my house, the show kind of portrays it as me saying, I got to choose myself. And she walks away. Right. When I was there, it left on a let's take it day by day and see how this goes. So he's saying that. They actually left Baltimore saying, we're going to see what happens here. Not I choose me by Kelly Taylor vibes. I expressed that I was a bit concerned 
that I expressed that I was a bit concerned that she had both of us there. She made her choice and I was afraid of the flip-flop because she felt the pressure, which I understand, of the outside world that made her go with Rodney. And I said, everyone makes mistakes. I understand the environment we were in, but you have to understand where I'm coming from as well, that you made your choice and now I need a little bit of time to see if this can work. All I asked was for her to for, for some time to take in the real world and see if this can work. work. The cameras left, the producers left, and she stayed at my house that night. So Eliza stayed at Justin's house the night she found Baltimore and we had a great night and I dropped her back off at her hotel. And in my mind, Oh, not like stayed the night, but like was still at their house for a long time. They were a long time talking. Sorry. I got ahead of myself, but either way, she stayed in Baltimore, dropped her off at her hotel. And in, I left in my mind, I was like, okay, we're going to make this work. He claimed that when Eliza went back to LA, they talked every day and they made plans to see each other. When he was set to be in California, however, things changed. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in LA. And if you don't have any plans this weekend, I'm excited to see you. We made plans and everything. And when I got there every day was an excuse as to why we couldn't meet up. And so she dropped that line where she was like, you hit me up at 11. It's not true. So I guess on stage, something else they cut out is that talking about how they were going to meet up in LA. Eliza said that he hit her up kind of late night, like booty call. It was 11 o'clock. He says, that's not true. They had plans. She wasn't kind of answering every single day. My friend saw every day. My friend saw and was like, guys, is it me? I feel like I'm trying to make my girlfriend make her my girlfriend and she's kind of ghosting me and I feel weird about it. And I expressed that to her. So Justin asking his friends, like, am, am I doing something wrong here? Whatever. Sorry. I love that line of it. Justin explained that he felt he could only defend himself on stage at the reunion when she suggested he only texted her late at night. He said, I can pull my phone out when I'm, I can't pull my phone out when I'm there, but it sounds good for the show. I just didn't want to go there. I'm like, come on. He did say the door was closed between them on the show. She said, I made the wrong choice, which is why she came to Baltimore to choose me. But then on stage, the reunion, she's saying she made the wrong choice and it should have been him all along, uh, Rodney all along. And I said, that's exactly what I said. And I gave you the hesitation and saying yes right now. Um, Liza, for her part, told us that she doesn't regret going to see Justin. Um, it was just a miscommunication because um, that's what she felt. But at the end of the day, it should have been Rodney. When I came down to the beach, I wanted it to be him. He was the person I was most excited to see just as much as I wanted it to be him. He wanted it to be me. I wanted it to be him too from day one. It didn't work out that way. I'm remorseful for that because I did want it to be him. In my head, it was supposed to be him. And I said all that because I mean it. Of course, things didn't work out that way. But going in, it's always wanted to be. She never stopped having feelings for Rodney. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's like revisionist history. I'm sorry, Eliza. Like, this is just not what happened. You did not always want it to be Rodney. You left the beach for Justin. And that's okay. Just own it. Own it, girl. Um, Rodney definitely seems to be against giving Eliza another shot, which we saw on stage. And he told us, to be honest, I hope she finds her person. I don't know if that door is still open for us. I think it might be closed already. Eek. Um, tough. I mean, I think this is one of those things that in the moment Eliza is going to be beating herself up about for a long time, probably get over it and realize Rodney and Justin, neither of them were her person, but tough look, tough look. Um, for everyone. And I do feel kind of bad for Justin that they cut everything out that he said at the reunion because he clearly had a lot to say. And more quotes from him are on usmagazine.com for sure. Andrew. Now, Andrew did have a scene in the hot seat on the on after the final rose, which also did not air. Um, he spoke about Teddy and again didn't air. Teddy opted not to go. We asked Andrew um 
about Teddy. And he told us that he's pretty confident she's moved on. He did reach out after filming wrapped um, and she was not overly responsive. So he doesn't plan to try to contact Teddy again out of respect, but he absolutely would be responsive if she reached out. He said balls in her court. And obviously if we ever see each other again, organically in the same vicinity, without a doubt, I'm not going to sit here and see her across the bar and not turn around. I'm going to talk to this woman. Hey, I got game. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm not bad. I'm not the guy you guys saw in paradise. So he, I think, would love another chance with Teddy. He understands that there was all this pressure going in, that Teddy and Andrew of it all, it had a lot of weight. Um, and that was because people were kind of shipping them from the moment he, you know, left, she left Clayton season and people put them together on Twitter. So I do think that is a curse a lot of times on this show, clearly not for Brandon and Serene, but for Teddy and Andrew, they didn't work out. She wants nothing to do with the show since she didn't show up to the reunion. But um, interesting that they didn't give you know, Andrew really anything on, on the episode. Cause she was a pretty big deal. He tried to get there with Brittany and Jesenia, but he just didn't. Speaking of Brittany and Tyler, I know they didn't air next, but I think it's interesting to jump to them. And then I'll go back to Genevieve and Aaron because Brittany and Tyler, obviously we saw Tyler say that Brittany broke up with him over FaceTime on the day that his breakup with Rachel aired while she was in Europe so many things went down in Europe. I mean, I think this just goes to show they really need to make these people in their contracts have some sort of, we can follow you this many days after the show wraps. Because if you go to Europe and decide to start dating Greg Grippo, I love that they just kept calling him by his full name, by the way, or you decide to go to Europe and break up with your fiance over fate or boyfriend over FaceTime after saying, I love you and traveling to see each other's towns. We need the footage. You guys, there should be something in a contract. If you make a drastic move, that's not on camera you get in trouble. And I know that sounds crazy. And these people are not, you know, we don't own them. But for those couple months when they're on our TV screen and we have to watch 16 episodes of this program, I want to see the breakup. I want to see Victoria in Italy with Greg Grippo and Johnny finding out on Reality Steve. That's what I want to watch. But anyway, they had this conversation on stage that didn't totally make sense. Um, She's kind of saying that life got in the way. And she said, I don't know if this part aired that, you know, their lives just like weren't aligning. Um, apparently they got into a little bit of a back and forth with each other of what you did for me and what I did for you. And things got a little messy between them. There was that whole conversation about his mom, her mom and the DM she sent Tyler. Clearly Tyler was upset that they weren't communicating well. And he wanted to be communicating even after she wanted to go on a break. She felt suffocated. She told us that Tyler hasn't responded after she's reached out following their breakup. She said there was a complete lack of communication throughout our entire relationships, which was honestly a hinder at things. But I did express to him that I needed some time to kind of process everything that happened. And when I wasn't given that time, I felt like it kind of started to build away at me. I felt like almost suffocated in a way. And it sucks because he's such an amazing guy. And I felt like I kind of knew my answer. And I really didn't know how to put it into words, into a way that wasn't going to hurt him. But the reality of the situation is someone's always going to get hurt in the end. There's never going to be a right time for a breakup, nor is there going to be a correct way to go about it. And I just didn't want to waste my time and energy and especially didn't want to waste his for something that I didn't see playing out in the future. So Tyler liked Brittany more than Brittany likes Tyler. She should have probably not broken up with him over FaceTime. Facts are facts. I think that's kind of what went down there. But I brought them up when I did because she brought up Andrew Dust, you guys, or maybe I think my reporter brought up the fact that Andrew also lives in Chicago. And she said, I'm not going to lie. I find Andrew very attractive. This is Brittany. And we're very good friends. I'd be open to it for sure. We're really good friends right now. So if a friendship turned into something else, I mean, that would be amazing. When you get to know each other like that, it makes it so much better for relationship because then you can be honest with each other. I feel like when you're friends first, you can tell it how it is, where if you just fall in love with them, you're kind of scared to say how you feel. We did ask 
Brittany. I mean, we asked Andrew about what Brittany said and he told us, you know, he needs a break from dating a bachelor nation. Brittany's amazing. We hung out a lot. We're good friends. Shook me up with this yoga, yoga studio. I've been doing yoga, just working on myself. She's a great person. I mean, that could definitely possibly be something leading down the road, but for me right now, I want to be a bachelor, a normal bachelor without effing having to look over my shoulder thinking I have to do another show or worrying about what someone's going to say about me or people taking photos of you, which sucks. He also said he wanted to say his whole piece about the Teddy thing during the reunion, which again, didn't air. And I think that was huge for me because that was a lot I've been holding on to for so long and I never got to really say it and I never got to say it to her. So I know she didn't come. I know we haven't talked. So I'm hoping this, maybe this message gets to her and she knows how I feel. And that was like my closure to her. This is how I felt. I want you to know at the end of the day, I just want to be friends, be it a good thing. I don't think there was any ill will or ill will or maliceness towards each other. There was just so much weight had it uh, carried to Teddy and Andrew. Oh my God, like he wanted her to see it and they didn't air it. It's kind of messed up. Teddy, Teddy, I hope you're listening to here for the right reasons or reading usmagazine.com because Andrew has a message for you. Um, I still low-key ship them. I would think that'd be great if they could get back together. Brittany and Tyler, I definitely think they could have given us more that um from their conversation. And I think it's sad, but I, again, like I said, she's just was not as into him as he was into her. Genevieve and Aaron, tough to even talk about their reunion because clearly they had made amends. Um, they were both kind of seemed nervous during that hot, hot, um, hot stage during the, um, one-on-one hot seat moment, you know, they don't want to fight. They just had good chemistry, but it didn't work. They kind of apparently talked about the pain and itching thing again. Then they brought out a pediatrician to set light on the subject, not facts. Um, itching and pain are different. So that's something that they didn't subject us to airing. So that's good. But um, unfortunately, you know, this taped and they were on decent terms and now they've taken to Twitter and we know Genevieve and Aaron are not on decent terms. And she has accused him of having several girls back home and just wanting a, you know, free boys trip on the beach. She tweeted last night to everyone wondering why I didn't bring up the two girls back home. I didn't know until after we taped the reunion. So she kind of suggested this even on the beach. And then I think maybe something she's allegedly found out kind of saying, why did you break up with me? Why didn't you break up with me at the rose ceremony? Why did we go another couple rounds about this? When I tried to leave, we had the same fight. She's kind of saying he wanted to be on pair in between the lines, wanted to be on paradise the whole season, have a trip with his boys didn't necessarily care about Genevieve. He has not specifically responded from I what I've seen to the allegations about him having two girls at home. But like, do we see Aaron being, you know, an honest, truthful man? Probably not. I mean, do I believe Genevieve? Kinda. Do I think they're toxic and it wouldn't have worked out anyway? A thousand and ten percent. But icky and upsetting that this is why they can't tape these things too far in advance. Like there's been developments here and I would have loved to see Aaron be held accountable or at least have an answer to these allegations. I mean, when you come back to paradise for your second round, you would think it would be for more for the right reasons. Cause, but also, you know, you want to get more clout. The followers are going down. No one's talking about you. Makes sense. They brought him and James back. Um, Shanae also had a hot seat that didn't air. Um, Jesse Palmer invited her back to paradise. She said she doesn't know. And as we know, um, we know Genevieve and Shanae made up or on the show. They also had a hot seat moment. And apparently they got an all expenses trip to Niagara Falls to recreate their two-on-one date. Kind of weird they didn't air that part. Um, Michael and Danielle, super cute. Love her red hair. You know, they said that she is moving to Ohio, to Akron, but not in with James and Michael, which makes a lot of sense. Feels like they're not that it's my place to say whether they're doing something right or wrong when it comes to, you know, a child or being a single dad, because I truly have no idea. But I think everyone probably could breathe a sigh of relief to think, okay, they're not moving in together, but she is moving to Ohio. She's met James. They're getting along. 
she clearly cares a lot about James and Michael. He said, I love you. Very sweet. Kind of nice to see that moment. Um, And then there's the Sierra of it all, which is kind of confusing. I feel like that's still also playing out. I don't know if you guys saw the drama with Caitlin Bristow's podcast, but they had Danielle. She had Danielle on who she's very good friends with. Danielle lives in Nashville. They talked about the Sierra situation and they referred to her as like, what's her name? They definitely downplayed any of what Sierra could be feeling, which she's made it very clear that she's upset about this whole thing. So even if you disagree, I think talking about it in a way with respect is only fair because she has, whether we think, you know, agree with how she's handled it or not, she's made it clear that she's upset about it. So I didn't love that kind of, you know, shady thing. I don't think they meant it. I think they might've just gotten caught up in being like two close friends, having a conversation, not realizing this was going to air and get back to Sierra, but like it did. And it's not great. Um, Caitlin has apologized to, to Sierra and Sierra responded. Um, she doesn't really seem to be accepting it. Um, and you'll hear Michael and Danielle. I asked about Sierra, um, when I get to them in just a second, we did speak to Sierra at the, um, day after finale party. And she told us that she stands by the shade she threw on social media. She said, you're allowed to be upset after a breakup and you're allowed to be angry and you're allowed to throw shade. I will say that the shade I threw was a lot more controlled and respectable than what I could have done with the information that I do have. Not sure what that means. I think at the end of the day, I still took the high road and I'm still treating him with respect, even with the shade. And that says something. She said it was beautiful at the end of the day um, about her gift that she bought Michael A. There was something that I thought of him the very first night. We really connected. We talked about black holes and space and astrology and all these things, yada, yada. Um, and then when asked about his relationship with Danielle, Sierra did say, even at the end of the day, no matter what with him and Danielle, I want him to have his happy ending. I just obviously wish it was handled differently. I wish it was handled a lot more respectively and more maturely than it happened, but she is rooting for Michael and Danielle. So that's interesting. Um, I think we can put this to bed for an after all this, but, and I also think Danielle and Michael, I am pretty confident that they're going to at least date for a while. I don't know if they're going to, there's a lot of challenges they're going to have to overcome, you know, with James and whatever, but I think say what we want about Danielle. And I said that the show set them up for disaster because of the way it aired and how they brought in Danielle to kind of be the knight in shining armor. I didn't love that. Um, but I do think people are going to be rooting for them. And it's hard to not say that they're both decent humans, especially her. So rooting for them. But as you know, I thought the whole thing was stupid the way they set it up with whatever. Anyway, Johnny and Victoria. Oh boy, here we go. Very interesting that they brought out Johnny first to confirm that they were not together, which by the way, I understand they have to show us the proposal. And I actually thought it was interesting because there were so many lines about how they would always be there for each other, no matter what, which is clearly not the case. Um, but the Neil Lane stuff, like if we're going to see Mike Brandon and Neil Lane, fine, but why are we seeing Johnny with Neil Lane? Like we don't need to see, there was too much Johnny and Victoria pretending this was going to end well, knowing what we know, which we've known forever. Did appreciate Jesse Palmer hinting at the spoilers the whole time, bringing up Greg Grippo from the first act of the reunion, not dancing around it. Um, because again, this did get out there. They did go to Rome together. So obviously on stage, they kind of tried to keep it civil, which was interesting. And then things took a turn when it all came up. They did cut out something about the fact that there was a party at Nick and Natalie's house and that's when Johnny started saying that things were changing between Victoria and him because Greg was at this party. So to back it up, Greg and Victoria, if you didn't know, they met at GovBall in 2021 in New York City, which Nick and Natalie were at. A bunch of the people from last season's Paradise and from Katie's season of the show were at GovBall last year in New York City. So they met and they became friends. And 
Victoria went to paradise. Greg was dating this girl from France. Um, her name was, I think like Clemis or I can't speak French. That was embarrassing. Why did I even say that? Um, but he was dating this model from Paris late, late last year. And in, um, early, early 2022, she obviously went to paradise and got engaged to Johnny. Now she went to some party at Nick and Natalie's house. And according to Johnny, things started changing between them after that party. And he saw them texting and he would ask her, why are you talking to Greg? She said, we're friends, yada, yada. Um, and this is when, you know, the allegations come in. He said, she said that he called her an effing C word. That's what was bleeped out. It was the word F word and the C word. See you next Tuesday. You don't cook, you don't clean. What do you pride of a woman in a relationship? He obviously denied saying that or said he said it in jest, the part about, you know, the cooking and the cleaning. We weren't there. We'll never know. They did cut out, you know, because he said he doesn't want to go low with her. He she did apparently bring up something about a, her throwing a wine glass. Allegedly, I think there was a lot more back and forth. Things got uglier. Tyler, I think, got more involved than they showed. They showed her shutting down Tyler talking. I think Tyler defended Johnny pretty strongly and tried to bring his own receipts. They cut all that out. So I don't know why they picked and choose what they aired between Johnny and Victoria, but it definitely got uglier on stage than what they showed. The timeline, from my understanding, is according to Victoria, things started going south three weeks into the relationship. She ended things, but there was, as she told us, this is quotes from Victoria, there was a possibility for us to potentially work towards something. Breakups are confusing. I mean, we all know that. I'd be crazy to say I cut off communication completely, but we ended our engagement three weeks after, and then we were shortly completely done. Johnny, however, claimed that they were in couples counseling until she went to Italy, um, but they completely broken up mid-September. So he kind of, his quote was a little bit confusing, but from my understanding, Victoria claims they broke up like in July. They maybe were still communicating. Johnny is claiming they were working on their relationship and in couples counseling through the summer, broke up officially mid-September. She was spotted in Italy with Greg in October. She denied cheating. He obviously disagrees with her account, called it emotional cheating. Probably true to some extent. He said it sucked for sure. I just kind of, it just kind of made me believe that anything she said didn't hold weight anymore. And I had my suspicions and I kind of thought there was always something going on. And then it just makes you think, when did it start? It's a weird feeling. He said, I was not at the party. I just know that things changed after that day. This is the party that they completely cut out of the reunion. He said, they did come out of paradise on the wrong foot. He admitted, we ended up fighting a lot. We had differences. And I think we were just missing each other. I think we were on two different levels, but I do want to say that that was the majority of why we split. And I think this whole other person came into her life and it just like persuaded her on why we shouldn't be working on things. But for the most part, it was pretty mutual. He felt he got coverage from this conversation um, that happened. And when everything went public, I think it kind of put everything to bed for me. And there was no more wondering or doubts that that was my closure. So I'm glad we got to talk and I wish her well. Um, so that, you know, is what it is. Clearly they're going to disagree on the timeline here probably forever. Was there emotional cheating involved? Maybe the implication that Greg was maybe helping Victoria move on from Johnny, possibly true. Sounds like they were really toxic. A um, little bit of Genevieve and Aaron energy that we didn't obviously see on the show. So it's hard. And there's going to be a, he said, she said, people are probably not going to believe Victoria for what she said because of how she acted afterwards. I don't know if that's fair either. I'm sh I feel like there's probably tr maybe some truth to both of what they said. I doubt she made up these comments, but I think, you know, she probably wasn't, the best in the relationship either. They sounded like they were toxic and should move on. Not a great look to move on with Greg and get matching tattoos that say chow, you know, kind of gross. Um, but she clearly doesn't care. She said, you know, screw it. This is who I got. Um, I don't care. Greg, 
kind of funny to me that he even brought himself back on this stage. I'm sure he did it for her, but he clearly wasn't thrilled with how everything aired with the Katie breakup and after Final Rose and the gaslighting allegations. And I don't know if you would have told me that Greg Grippo would have been back on the show. I would have been surprised to be quite honest. Um, but after the taping, Victoria did tell us that Greg and I have similar values. So we're just figuring it out right now. But we want, but we know what we want at the end of the day and we'll see what happens. He's an amazing man. He truly is. He's been nothing but uplifting and encouraging throughout this whole experience and the type of partner that I want. Somebody who makes me feel good and makes me be a better person. She said she thinks Greg might be moving to Nashville for her. We'll see. I own a house, so I'm not going anywhere. Of him joining her on stage, she said, oh my God, it was the sweetest thing ever. Sweetest thing ever. He didn't ask for anything. He just wanted to be there and support me. And I couldn't ask for a better boyfriend. When asked about the Johnny stuff, she did say Johnny is an amazing person. I'll start by saying that. He's going to make a girl very happy one day. I really do know that. But for me, what switched was the minute we got off the show. Within two weeks, he was a completely different person than who I was when we met there. And unfortunately, it just wasn't aligning with what I wanted at the end of the day. When asked about, you know, this timeline, she said, I think Johnny was hopeful for what could be. And I had already checked out after some of the comments he made toward me. And he can deny it all day long what he said. He did call me phrases, really terrible names. And maybe he says he was joking or whatever it was, but I don't have time for that point that that at this point in my life, I don't have time to figure out if you're joking or not on and off. That's not a joke. You don't call a woman that. So at the end of the day for me, it was like, I have to move on and no shame on him. If he thinks that's a joke, that's great. Then maybe the next girl will think that's funny, but that's not a joke to me. Oof dark. Um, they hate each other. Hopefully they don't steer clear of each other and don't have to run into each other at bachelor nation events. Um, do I think Greg and Victoria are going to last? Absolutely not. This is a girl who dated Chris souls, um, who dated Chase Rice and who, you know, Godspeed. everyone who knows Victoria loves her. I feel bad. You know, that wasn't nice of me to say, but not my favorite uh, person who I've ever seen on the program. Wishing her the best though. Um, Serene and Brandon, obviously so cute. Don't even really want to like talk about them too much because you're going to hear what they had to say to me in just a moment. I really do think they're going to make it. Um, I, it's hard to deny that connection there. I thought the proposal was very sweet. Um, I did think it was funny. Everyone saying that Victoria was in the black version of the dress Serene was wearing. She was wearing it in white. It was seemed to be the exact same dress and it was like the good and the bad. Um, Did the stylist do this? Was it a coincidence? Is that just life um, doing its thing? Um, The episode obviously ended with Tajwan appearing in Zach's Bachelor trailer, you guys. The Bachelor trailer, I actually didn't hate. I'm glad we got to see it. The show doesn't come back for two more months, which is a thrill because it'll give us a chance to miss it. It's important for us to miss it and remember why we care about this show. Obviously, people are still down on Zach. I get it. But the trailer I thought was good. It was a classic Bachelor trailer. We had a little bit of Sean Lowe. We had the shower. We had girls crying. We had girls falling in love. We didn't have anything too over the top, it seemed. Um, meaning like someone throwing some a jacket in the pool, shrimp. Um, never good when they include that stuff in the first trailer because it means they're really going to lean into it. I thought it was a classic Bachelor trailer. The Taj Wan of it all. Okay. You guys, I've been trying to get Taj Wan on this podcast and now I know why she stopped answering me because I'm sure ABC was like, um, hello, you cannot, you're under contract again, Taj Wan. So if you don't remember her, she was on Paradise. She was on Colton season for like one day. Then she was on six and seven of Paradise and she was always sweating and complaining about the heat and just hilarious. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't go to the bathroom. Miserable in Paradise, but freaking hilarious. And she was hooking up with Trey and then she realized she hooked up with Trey's uncle. 
Remember when they made her name or her job tr- hooked up with Trey's uncle? That was like such good TV. Oh, Paradise Lost Trip was so good. Um, she's in the trailer. Victoria's also in the trailer. From my understanding, Victoria, Tajwan, and maybe even someone else are there to host a date. And then Victor- Tajwan wants to stay. Um, you hear one of the girls say, Tajwan is here to steal my man. Another one saying, we don't need another girl here. Victoria says she's really into him. And then obviously the rest of the trailer, like I said, we don't know who any of these people are. So it's hard to like really care, but I thought it looked fine. Solid. Don't hate it. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, I actually really enjoyed the reunion. I think for once in my life, it could have been three hours or they could have cut out Monday's episode and just aired it better. But overall, good enough tea came at the end. If the Victoria and Greg stuff didn't happen, I really would have called this season a waste. But that captivated my attention. And I hope I was able to provide you with a little bit more context, a little bit more tea of what happened that you didn't see on the show and in the interviews with us afterwards. You can catch all of these if you didn't like my readings of it on usmagazine.com and more will be rolling out. Oh, Sally, you guys. Also, that's the other one I forgot to bring up. Sally was at the reunion. They didn't show her. I don't really even know if they interviewed her. From my understanding, they didn't. She was just like crying during different parts because she thought the couples were so cute. We asked her if she's back with her ex and she wouldn't tell us, which was like, okay, Sally, whatever. Then we asked Justin if he would make a, if he was interested in her. And he said, no, he said maybe, but then he said he would never go to Stagecoast. So I think the door is closed there, but just throwing it out there that we did ask. And there is more from Sally. We'll be on usmagazine.com in the coming days because we did do an interview with her. Um, but without further ado, here is my interview with Brandon and Serene, the happy couple who definitely seem as happy in real life. But I did have to say, like, are you this perfect? Like, what's happening? And they had an answer. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. How does it feel to be the only engaged couple from this season of Bachelor in Paradise? It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, it feels kind of special. Yeah. We're the only ones that made We're it out. We're the only ones who made it out. That's wild. <laughs> you yeah. are. Um, was there any part of you guys that were worried this was too good to be true when you were on the beach? And were you thinking when we get back to reality, there's going to be a catch? I think that that's like something that can creep up in the back of your mind, especially when you look at both of our like relationship pasts. I would and so, say, yeah, I but would it's say. like, you don't want to like self-sabotage anything. Like, I think we both kind of had come to this place before we got to the beach where we were ha- happy and healthy on our own. And yeah. so you have to really be secure in yourself and in that relationship in order to not let things like that get yeah. to you. But I think it's only human to have that thought sometimes. Yeah. I think, you know, like maybe at the beginning, but then we would come, you know, to one another and have that tough conversation yeah. and then be like, Hey, uh, is this too good to be true? Like, I, I need you to answer some of these questions for me. Like, are we going to be compatible in any way and stuff like that? And so once we got those hard questions out of the way, then everything just became so easy. So I will say I was not like 
you know, any moment thinking about being engaged, you know, throughout my life, I thought that I would be like super nervous, like leading up to, you know, any possible engagement. And, um, I was actually really calm and at peace. And that was kind of how I, I knew I just felt really good. And I was like, Oh, this is the start of like the future. Mm -hmm. I think that was like really good that ultimately I ended up feeling really peaceful about it. I like it. (laughs) Were there any doubts that maybe he wasn't going to propose, but you knew you were going to leave together and you were going to be together, but any, any doubts about the actual proposal going down on the beach that day? Uh, this one wears his heart on his sleeve. So I had like no doubts yeah. at all on proposal day. I mean, there's always that nervous feeling, like you said, where it's like, oh my gosh, like, because when you start to care so much and love someone so much, like you obviously have that pitted feeling where you're like, I hope that this works out. You know, mm-hmm. you want it to, cause it means so much, but yeah, I didn't have any doubts. Yeah. I don't think I left you with any doubts. No. <laughs> That's good. Um, did you guys consider taking Jesse up on his offer to get married then and there at all? Seriously, we didn't get to see that part play out. We just heard uh, you say, obviously, you didn't you didn't go through with that right then and there. I think we just wanted to enjoy our engagement. Like it sounded like we, we teased them with it. Like we we, we, we loved each lie. other. And, we, we teased them. Well, with it's them like we it. loved each yeah. other enough to do it, but it was only like, oh, did you secretly fly our parents here? Like, mm, did you right. secret fly our whole families here? Because if then and yeah. you think about and it. I didn't think he was actually ordained so I was teasing him I was like oh yeah let's do it Jesse and I was like let me see if that ordained book would you write and stuff like we that. thought it was just an empty book yeah and then he's like I'm no. actually ordained I was like okay <laughs> oh, oh no ow. <laughs> we were flattered to be the first one yeah to be I was asked, flattered so. <laughs> yeah definitely a hundred percent well I know you are taking time probably still to enjoy that engagement now get to be out in public but do you have an ideal timeline for when you'd want to get married or are you still just kind of really in the early stages of any of that 2024 yeah we're it's a little bit of both like we know we want to get married in 2024 we're thinking about like time of year and all of that but we're still in the stages of being super excited for where we're at like we haven't gotten to walk out in public as an engaged couple yet And so we're really enjoying this time, but I'd be lying if I wasn't like on wedding TikTok, just saving stuff for later. Pinterest and pennant. Yeah, I I get a lot of TikToks. I I have like a a TikTok collection for like wedding ideas already. (laughs) I I love that. Um, Well, obviously you guys seem really happy. You seemed really happy on the beach. Have there been any growing pains? Have we learned anything about each other we weren't expecting or has it been pretty smooth sailing since you got home? Oh, I mean we're we're we went straight from like seeing each other 20 hours a day to like staying inside and like couldn't be with each other so yeah there's gonna be like little growing pains here and there but yeah we are a normal couple like yeah. we do bicker sometimes yeah, we do absolutely sometimes yeah. yeah like her buying random things on amazon she's like hey put this together for me like i, I hate like, the list is never <laughs> ending <laughs> You know, okay, good. There, you guys are a normal couple. It's not yeah, a, just a perfect couple. fairy tale. Normal, normal couple. Yeah. Okay. We're in the pool together. Like, yeah, we're weird. I don't care what people say. Like, that is something that everyone does. And they're either lying about Yo, it or. We do have to bring that up. <laughs> um oh my god okay well before I wanted to get you guys take on a few other things that went down with everyone else because you did have a front row seat um I know you're very close to Rodney do you think he should have given Eliza another chance when she kind of came out no okay tell me why absolutely no uh she chose Rodney 
ended up realizing that Ronnie was in her person. That so was, the, that was the worst part. Like, do the next you, day but... to go see Justin. Justin yeah. was like, I don't think this is going to work. You know, I think he tried to make it work, but it's like, yeah, it just didn't work. And then coming back and realizing that Ronnie's an yeah. actual amazing guy and that you messed up and like, oh, I messed up. Can I have you back? Like, no, like, Ronnie's going to have someone who chooses him first right off the bat. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, and I agree. And I think also like we want her, like if she wanted to choose someone else, she wanted to veer off and like, you know, go in another direction. And she felt like someone else was her person. Like, you know, we want her to be happy too, but also you mm-hmm. have to know, like, once you've made that decision, you can't spin the block. Again. You can't spin the block. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that was the most heart, the most hurtful part. I think for us watching you see everybody get so emotional. It's because he thought, oh, I'm in the clear now. Like we can really grow in this relationship and start fresh. And then, you know, she ends up leaving. And so, you know, for something like that to possibly happen again is not what I I would want for Rodney. But, you know, I think ultimately they're just not each other's person. Eliza's going to find someone great one day. And, you know, they they both deserve someone that's going to put them first. First, So. Um, Aaron and Genevieve wild to watch play out on the show and now on Twitter. Um, what was it like to see them in real life interact? Um, it was, <laughs> it was like, everything's great. And then you turn around and you're like, oh my, what is that about? Like yeah. what's happening over there? Um, oh man, that was, they are two great individual people, but together they are not so perfect of a match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, reaction to Victoria and Greg. We weren't on stage for any of that. And so we haven't seen, like, we haven't seen, like, exactly how things play out yet. Yeah, I think, I think we're happy for both Johnny and Victoria if they're happy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, fair for Kate to criticize Logan (laughs) the way she kind of came for him. I know some people are saying maybe... You know, she wouldn't get an unfair edit or we didn't see all of it, but like kind of said some harsh things about, about Logan. You know, and everyone, especially when you when you've caught on reality TV, we all have our moments, but like you did say those things. And so justice for Logan, man. Yeah, I don't think I would ever speak on like how much money someone makes, whether it's what I'm looking for or not. Like, I love Kate, but I personally just wouldn't say those things. And so I can't really justify it. But I do know there's a lot more to her than what we're seeing on TV. So it goes both ways. Also, like, yeah, Logan, dude. But can you imagine having someone say that about you on TV? Like, I can't afford Equinox. I don't think like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, you know, his Honda is going to last him forever. Yeah. That Honda is so, going to last forever. This it was man's an investment. Smart, making smart decisions. Like a hundred percent. Well, thank you guys. Congratulations. And, um, I mean, happy Thanksgiving. I wish you guys the best. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye awesome. guys. Thank you. And now my chat with Michael A and Danielle. Okay, you guys. So obviously have to ask the big question. Tell me the timeline of when we're moving to Ohio. What's what's going on? I mean, I I would love sooner rather than later, but there's there's a lot of moving parts. Um, I obviously want to leave my current job in the best hands possible um, and find the right place up here. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I would love to. I mean, honestly, as soon as possible, but. Yeah, yeah, we ba- we basically made a decision uh, maybe about a month and a half ago yeah. that 
you know, our relationship was getting so strong that if we really were going to try to make this whole thing work, that we had to live in close proximity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we both have careers, you know, she's an incredible nurse, she's got to arrange all of those things. You've been in Nashville for how long? 12 years. But honestly, like the last year and a half, almost two, I've been wanting to get back to the Midwest. And so, yeah. I'd be ready to leave Nashville. Nashville kind of felt like it's it's run its course. It's run its course. Well, welcome to Ohio. What are you, Ohio? I went to Ohio State, so I can respect Ohio. Hey, what's Um, up? There we go, Sarah. What are you most looking forward to about living in the same city and that proximity that you haven't got to experience yet? Going on a date. Yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, it's there's something about having everything be secret that is actually kind of nice. Um, we get to focus way more on our each other and getting to know each other on a deeper level. But then there's also like, you know, you want to make something and you can't go to the store together. That is a <laughs> little bit obnoxious. So, yeah. you know, it's that, it's, it's the small things. The mundane is the fun part, you know, like coming home from work and having someone there and, you know, making dinner together and, and doing things with James together. Gosh, like having time with James more than just like once or twice a month for like a weekend. That's, that's honestly probably like the biggest part for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the small things that really are the best. Um, Michael, how did you decide it was time for James to meet Danielle and how has it been to have, you know, someone who you love around your son for the first time in a while? I mean, to be honest, I had to go out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, you know, Danielle's living in Nashville and I'm seven hours away. So kind of orchestrating these, you know, meetups, I didn't want to be like away from him too long. So I introduced James and Danielle as, you know, Danielle is daddy's friend and he totally understands that at that level. Yeah. I'm really protective over him and making sure that he doesn't get attached to anybody too early. Um, and at that time when we first introduced them, I think we'd been dating for maybe, you know, six weeks, five <laughs> weeks, which is way quicker than the timeline that I normally would have. But I'm glad I did it. I saw their connection immediately and it's He's just a so beautiful thing. It really was. He was so proud of the chimichurri. <laughs> yeah, I know. James and I cooked for her at a uh, hostel, or not a hostel, an Airbnb <laughs> in uh, Bellevue, Kentucky. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so we had a bunch of little hideouts, and um, it was it was adorable. Danielle, for you, were you nervous? Were you just excited? Like, what for? What was your perspective coming into meeting James and kind of seeing this side of Michael in real life? Honestly, I was, I was really nervous and James totally cut that tension. I feel like I pulled up to the Airbnb and I like texted you. I'm here. And like, I look out the window and there's like James's little face, like on the the car and he's like, hi. And I'm like, Hey, he loves, he loves, he loves hosting. What can I say? He's he's a big host guy. What does he understand of bachelor in paradise slash the bachelor world? Um, he doesn't know that I was on Bachelor in Paradise. He knew I was on uh, The Bachelorette and he really doesn't understand the premise of the show. He just understands every now and again, we have to stop and take pictures with random people. Oh, that's sweet. People like people like daddy. They want to take pictures with him. That's not the that's, worst thing. That's, yeah. that's it. And it's so funny because sometimes, you know, strangers will come up and be like, hey, can I get a photo with you? And he'll immediately like jump into the photo 
and, and they're like, oh, you too. Okay. Cool. Come on in. Like, um, amen. That's cute. What would you guys say the biggest thing you've learned about each other post paradise is? Um, God, just, I don't know if it's something that I've learned about you. It's just something that like, I've loved even more about you. It's just watching you be a dad. Like every kid deserves a dad like Michael. Like Stop. It, I've literally, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. Thank you. Thank you. It's really, it's really special. It it really is. Oh my God. We're crying. (laughs) I mean, I, I love being a dad. It's, it's fantastic. And, you know, for Danielle and I, it's, I, I think for people that, you know, are more guarded in nature, um, it took, it took a long time for us to actually drop our guard while we were on the show. And I think that was evident when people watched it. Um, You know, they're like, what's going on with them? How, but we're tiptoeing. We're on our own timeline. The show can have whatever timeline they want, but there's too much at stake for us. Uh, There's just too much in our lives. So for Danielle and I, it's been awesome seeing both of us kind of shed our guard and be more comfortable with each other. She's hilarious. (laughs) Um, she's so much fun. She's got this creative, fun energy that's intoxicating. And so it's, it's just getting, getting closer in that, in that nature. Um, you mentioned timelines, obviously that's a big thing in this show's world. Um, people are going to ask you when you're engaged until you do, um, are you prepared to field those questions? And is this something you guys talk about the future? Are we going day by day? I think day by day. Well, actually, I have a question. Oh my God, do Just not kidding. do that. <laughs> <laughs> weekly Zoom exclusive. Yeah, right? Sarah's licking her chops over yeah, there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Give me the goods. Uh, no, we just, we're just so looking forward to dating and being together in the same city and just really enjoying this time yeah. off the show. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. That's I mean, what's more important uh, like, to us right um, now. I know the, t- the, uh, the show and the audience, they all have these timelines. Mm-hmm we do not feel that pressure and no. we are not going to feel that pressure. Um, I thought it was going to be a year before you said, I love you. Yeah. I, 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 we move, we move slower. I mean, when I said, I love you to Danielle, that's the second time I've ever said it in my entire life. Um, imagine all the grade school and high school relationships I've had where the girl <laughs> has wanted to rip my throat out because of this. And so like what people saw <laughs> on TV was a really big moment for me. And I know love gets thrown around on the show, you know, like a commodity. I don't do that. Um, and and to, I do that. You see it all over my yeah. face. I was like, oh. wait, what did she just Yeah, and it to, felt very genuine. I mean, an engagement for me is forever. It's it's not it's not a promise. It's you mean, you it's mean forever. I love you. Not not an engagement. Yeah, or, but, but she was she was asking about <laughs> I, the engagement. I did oh, say, yeah. Don't okay. get me tripped up. Here. <laughs> I thought you tripped yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing right now. <laughs> nothing, nothing right now. Um, I do, I do have to ask you. This has been such a pleasant conversation, but I do have to ask you real quick about Sierra. Um, things yeah. seem to be kind of resolved at the reunion, but I know Twitter has had some words, and I know that you did a podcast with Caitlin Danielle that got some attention. Is there anything you guys wanted to clear up or say about that situation that you would do differently, or how you feel about it now? Yeah, I, um, I just really want to apologize for hurting your feelings. You know, I mean, I wasn't there during the relationship, but it resolved by the time I got down there and, you know, (laughs) I shouldn't have spoken into it. And I just really, truly wish nothing but the best for her. And 
um, just really excited to move forward with my relationship with Michael. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, is what I tried to do with Sierra was let her know the second I realized that it wasn't there at a time when she had the rose where she could make a decision. I would do that all over again, where I really tripped up was not being able to explain myself in a way that she deserved, um, you know, letting her know more so that it, she just wasn't the right person for me. And I, sh I should have ended it really like that. And so for that, I apologized and I apologized to her at the reunion for that. And I wish her the best. I know she'll find love. She's a, a great person. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's, and we're really just focused on ourselves now. Perfect. Well, I hope you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving. I see you're together. Thank so I assume we're celebrating too. together. Yes. I literally left Nashville at like 2 a.m. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> congratulations and have a happy Thanksgiving. And I wish you nothing but the best. Hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Take Thank care, so Sarah. Much, Sarah. Good luck. Thank you guys so much for listening to this lengthy episode of Pure for the Right Reasons. We did it. Another season of Paradise has come and gone. I hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving and feel as thankful for the two-month hiatus as I do. Until next time. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.